0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Podcast Network, available now on 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. 610 Sports Radio, KCSB Kansas City, WDAF 2 Liberty, and Odyssey Station.
1: Welcome in. Hour 2. Being Sunday, I am your host, Rob Britton. You can catch me on the drive from 2 to 6 every weekday. When I host this show for Bink, who will be back soon, it's called Bink Sun It's called Bink Sunday, but when I'm hosting, it's called Sundays with Rob. You can always interact with the show on the J Southland Toaster's text line, 913 576 7610. Not a lot of texts coming in, you wanna know why? Daylight savings time, and it sucks. Everyone hates daylight savings time. Grant was struggling this morning. I was also struggling this morning. My alarm went off and I was very upset. The sun hadn't even risen. I'm going to enjoy it like in a week when I'm like, oh, I'm acclimated. And after the show, it's still sunny out and I can go to a patio and grab a cocktail and, you know, watch the incidentally tournament. The sun will be up. I can golf later in the day. It's all the things I want. But on the actual day, on actual daylight savings time, I hate it. It's also Selection Sunday. We were joined earlier by Nick Schwartz. We'll be joined again by Nick Schwartz at 1130. More hoop coming. We'll talk about all things college basketball, including why is college basketball less popular now than it was before? Or is that just my perception? I'm excited to get Nick's thoughts on that. But we're actually going to talk a little Chiefs football here because tomorrow is the start kind of, sort of of the league year. It's the beginning of the tampering window for free agency. Now, for those of you that don't know what that means, I understand because it's a really stupid term. Basically, tomorrow, teams can begin interacting and, you know, in principle, agreeing to contracts with free agents. So tomorrow at 3 o'clock Central, 4 o'clock Eastern, also a very weird time to do that, sidebar. Extremely odd to me the league year starts in the middle of the afternoon, but that's neither here nor there. Teams can start calling free agents and saying, hey, we're going to offer you X for X number of years. Do you like that deal? And they'll say yes. And then Ian Rappaport will tweet out, so-and-so has agreed to a deal in principle with a team. And then on Wednesday, the team can tweet out officially official, and we get press conferences and quotes and da-da-da-da. So all those trades you've seen, they aren't official yet, but we'll see more trades like that tomorrow, and then they'll be official on Wednesday. So tomorrow, legal, legal tampering. I don't know why they call it that. Remember when David Stern talked about tampering and it was like a really big deal in the NBA? Oh man, all this tampering is going on. Seems like those days are a million years ago. But tomorrow's the league year kind of sort of starting. Which means the Chiefs will begin kind of sort of adding free agents tomorrow and next week. Nate Taylor of, I'm not allowed to say where he works, but he's a Chiefs beat writer and he does a very, very good job and you should read his work. It's online and if you are a type of person who's athletic, you will be able to find his work online. He was on Cody and Gold earlier this week and he was asked about the Chiefs' upcoming offseason. He said something interesting about what to expect. They have to be really methodical in free agency. Uh,
0: You know, I don't think Brett Veach, the general manager, can make as flashy of moves as he did um, in previous off-seasons, you know, I don't think there's going to be a Trent Williams-type deal where they're you know, really competitive and, and trying to you know, see if they can find a way to, to acquire a player of that talent. Uh, obviously, it would be at a different position. It would, you know, it, I don't even know if there's a Trent Williams free agent right now at defensive end. So it, it reinforces the importance of really doing the best you can in my opinion, in rounds two, three, and four of the draft uh, and trying to make sure that this team stays talented and that uh, this salary cap can be a little bit more expansive for you to use uh, to your disposal in 2023.
1: So, Nate Taylor expects the Chiefs to not be flashy, not be aggressive, and be more methodical this offseason, which is 100% not Brett Veach's M.O. to date in his time as GM, because you'll remember basically every year he's been GM. They've made a flashy big move. They've thrown cash around. You remember Sammy with varying results? Because you remember Sammy Watkins was that Anthony Hitchens was that I know fans don't like talk about that, but that was that move. Orlando Brown was that uh, he mentioned Trent Williams. They were trying to get to Trent Williams. That would have been that move. I would say basically every offseason, Brett v, Tyron Matthew was that. Basically, every offseason, Brett Veach has been very, very aggressive. But Nate Taylor says he's going to be slow. He's going to be methodical. They're going to look to add in different spots because there is no big name at the position of need. So what I did, based on that information, based on the fact that Nate Taylor does not believe they're going to be super aggressive in free agency, I created a Chiefs wish list. Bink, if you're listening, you're going to love this segment because I'm going to include draft picks and you love draft players. Here's my official Chiefs wish list. For what they need to do this offseason. Because, like we just heard, I don't expect a lot of uber aggression. Taylor doesn't expect a lot of uber aggression. I think the Chiefs are going to be, buzzword of the day, pragmatic. I don't think they're going to make a move on Monday. I don't think they're going to make a move on Wednesday. I think they're going to make their first move on Thursday, Friday. And it's going to be a move where you're like, that's nice. That's fine. I don't I don't hate that. I don't think they're going to trade be like a Broncos or Chargers. I think they're going to be smart. Here's my Chiefs wish list. And I even have some contract numbers per PFF and why I think the Chiefs should do this. Number one on my list for people listening to Drive, you guys know this, I want DJ Chark. I want DJ Chark real bad. DJ Chark at two for 25 would make me very, very happy. If you consider DJ Chark a flashy splash move, party on. But that is what I would consider The top move the Chiefs can make. DJ Chark. Two years, $25 million. Please, Brett Veach, if you're listening, Chiefs PR, if you're recording this segment and transcribing it, take this to his office and tell him, DJ Chark, two for 25, get it done. Now, having said that, I don't know that DJ Chark's going to sign for two for 25. Because DJ Chark has been productive in Jacksonville concerning the fact his quarterback's been me and grant, basically. And one year at Trevor Lawrence, who was awful last year. People don't talk about that enough. Trevor Lawrence was awful. He was really good at Clemson, but he was awful last season at Jacksonville. So if you can't get DJ Chark, here is the name I want the Chiefs to sign a wide receiver, playmaker two, wide receiver, playmaker three, wide receiver two. Prepare to be underwhelmed by this name, text line. Russell Gage. Russell Gage would be a really smart move for this football team. If they added Russell Gage plus a draft pick who I want them to draft, Justin Simmons, I'm just going to keep naming players at Clemson because I love Clemson's really good at football. If they've signed Russell Gage for like a four year, $30, $32 million contract from age 26 to 30, you get his prime years and you add Justin Ross, your team is noticeably better at a weakness, which is wide receiver two. So that's my wide receiver two wish list. First and foremost, sign DJ Chark. Go get it done. But on the off chance, you can't because DJ Chark will want money more than you can probably offer. And I don't want you getting in a bidding war and then not being able to address other needs. Sign Russell Gage, four for thirty, and then draft in the second round, Justin Ross. Justin Ross is awesome. If you watched any Clemson football when they were good, you know Justin Ross is awesome. If you didn't watch Clemson football last year, that makes sense. They weren't very good. There's no need to have looked up when they were playing, you know, Georgia Tech. But when they were good, you were probably watching them because they're on national TV all the time. And Justin Ross is awesome. He's that perfect, another buzzword here, Grant, X receiver. They need an X. Because you know what? Justin Ross gives them an X. The X receiver. Second thing on the Chiefs' wish list, because we all know they need pass rush. I know I'm an analytics guy, and the Chiefs' pass rush win rate was really good last year, and they were actually a good pressuring team, despite the fact that they, didn't, they were 29th in the league in sacks. They were still a good pressure team. So... I understand that fans are like, they didn't get any sacks. They need to do better. And I'm hip to that fact. And they're probably going to move on from Frank Clark because of his contract. So here are the two players I would like to see them sign at pass rush. Again, be prepared to be underwhelmed by these names. Jerry Hughes of the Bills on a one-year deal. He's kind of a hired gun type. He's a little older, but he can he can get to the quarterback. Which what the Chiefs need to do. They need an end who can get to the quarterback. So Jerry Hughes... And then re-sign Melvin Ingram. Yes, these names are underwhelming. Yes, I know what you're thinking. Well, I want a big, splashy, sexy name. I want a Khalil Mack type. The Chiefs aren't going to be in that market this year. Nate Taylor said it. He doesn't expect uber aggression from the Chiefs. He thinks they're going to be methodical. You can get production from Jerry Hughes and Melvin Ingram, and it'd be a methodical offseason. And by the way, if you add both those guys on one-year, $8 million-ish contracts, and then draft a guy, Bank, this one's for you, Cam Thomas. San Diego State, pass rusher at 31, or 30, excuse me. That's what they should get. Shout out to Bink, and his new mock is up on 610sports.com. That's what I want them to do. Draft a guy like Cameron Thomas at 30, add Jerry Hughes, add Melvin Ingram. Again, these names are not flashy. They're underwhelming as far as name value, but that is the production the Chiefs need. I'll go through the last three names quick because I know we're up against the break, and I managed the clock terrible last hour. Just, it was... It was some Andy, some Philadelphia Andy Reed clock management. I was bad. I, I didn't handle the clock well at all. I called timeouts early. You know what? It's basketball season. I'll make it, I'll make an analogy on my clock management. I was Scott Drew. I burned through those timeouts fast. Clock got away from me. The other names, we can talk about these on their side. I didn't want the Chiefs to address corner, D-Tackle. I think D-Tackle is a need for this team, and safety. I'll give you my Chiefs' wish list on those names. And you can interact with the show. I'll get your guys' names on the J. Southland toaster's text line, 913-576-7610. This is Sundays a Rob.
0: You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
1: welcome back this is bink sunday i am rob britton filling in for jay bankley when i host this show it has a new name it's called sundays with rob which the text line hates they don't hate the name i don't think they understand that it's just i'm not stealing bink's show the text line seems to be a crusader for bink bink has no problem when i fill in host for him if i call it something different it just seems hinky to me to call it bink sunday when bink's not here Speaking of the text line, you can always interact with the show on the J Southland Toe Service text line 913-576-7610. Before the break, we were talking about my Chiefs wish list. So I want them to do this offseason when the legal tampering window opens tomorrow and the offseason is over and the league year has officially begun. Or I guess the offseason starts. But the league year officially begins. J Southland Toe Service text line. I said DJ Chark is my number one one. This text came in. I'm all about DJ Chark. I think I've had him on my fantasy team for years, and as soon as you said Russell Gage, I literally went, ugh, in my car. That's fair. Russell Gage or DJ Chark are two players like this in the Chiefs target this offseason, and Russell Gage is an underwhelming name. But you know what he is? Productive. I think Chiefs fans need to recalibrate, you know, I don't want to say recalibrate their thinking, but think of this offseason a little differently because Brett Veach is always uber-aggressive, big flashy splash name guy. I don't think they're going to be doing that this offseason. I think they know they're going to do. They're going to add names that don't really excite you. You don't look around and go, Ooh, that's a, what a name. I know that guy, but you know, what they're going to add production. Russell Gage is very, very productive in Atlanta. He was productive in Atlanta without Calvin Ridley. He was so productive. Calvin Ridley bet on him to win games. He thought, wow, Russell Gage is great. That's not true, the Russell Gage part. Calvin really did bet on games. He bet the Falcons over, I believe. That's a sign you have a problem. But Russell Gage is very, very productive. This text also came in my, am I blocked? No, I'm texting you back. You're not blocked. Rob, I think they're going to target Juju. I suspect they're trying to get him. Let's talk about Juju Smith-Schuster because he's fascinating to me because the Chiefs, were very, very interested in Juju last season. Very interested. To the point where you now like the story that Andy Reid was sending texts to Juju of the Lombardi Trophy. With the idea, like, come here and win a championship. And then Juju decided to go back to his comfortable Ben Roethlisberger world, which puzzles me why anyone would want to play for Ben Roethlisberger at that juncture in his career. Ben Roethlisberger legitimately can't throw the ball from me to Grant. And you guys can't see that, but it's like eight feet. Too long of a distance. Just can't get it there. He went back to the old staple, signed a one-year deal, a prove-it deal, if you were, to try to ball out and get a big contract this offseason. He got hurt. He bowed through injuries. And again, Ben Roethlisberger was his quarterback, so he did not put up big numbers. I'm really, really interested in what Juju's market is. Because if Juju's going to be in the 2-for-25, 4-for-32 type of market... I'm on board for Juju Smith-Schuster. And text, you make a good point. They were all after him last year, so I think they like him. But I think Juju's fascinating for this reason. We all know the talent exists. He's put up big numbers when Ben Roethlisberger was healthy, and he was not the only receiver they had that was productive. They had Antonio Brown. They had Le'Veon Bell. And when Ben Roethlisberger was younger and healthier, he put up good numbers. So he's, he's a capable wide receiver. Everyone in the league knows that. Everyone in the league can go to pro football reference the same way me and you can. But he was not that last year. So I'm fascinated by what his market is going to look like. Because if he's going to get a number based on his production in, say, 2019 or 2018 when he was better, then yeah. I think the Chiefs are going to be out on Juju based on the number. But if his contract number is based on last year's production, which was not good, and there's injury concern, then yeah, the Chiefs should be all in. I think Juju the player is good, and I would like to see the Chiefs add Juju the player. The question for me will be what Juju's contract is. If you can get Juju at a DJ Tark, Russell Gage type of number, you won't hear any complaints from me. But if if, if Juju's agent is out there saying, look, when Ben was healthy and my client was healthy, he was great, and the number starts rising then I think the Chiefs need to be out on him. I don't want Juju at some $14, $15, 16000000 million a year contract. That would be bad for the Chiefs because I don't think he would live up to that number. I don't think you should sign him for the Sammy Watkins type deal because I don't think he'll live up to that number. That's not an insult to Juju. I, I'm just curious about what his market is because when healthy and on the field and Ben Roethlisberger wasn't decrepit, he was good. Those things didn't exist last year. If I'm his agent, I'm saying, look, my client's healthy. I deserve a big number. If I'm a team, I'm saying, look, he wasn't healthy. Let's see. But yes, Texter, I I think the Chiefs could be on in on Juju. I'm just curious what the number is. Someone texted in gold on a Sunday. Do I sound like gold? Are people confusing me with gold? Is this an insult or a compliment? I could see it. Could you? Yeah, just a little bit. If I turned it on and I wasn't for sure. That's fair. That's fair. Someone says, what about Cedric Wilson? I don't mind Cedric Wilson. I have no problem with Cedric Wilson. I think Cedric Wilson is going to get a bigger contract than the Chiefs are willing to pay for a guy like that. I also have this theory. And maybe this is a hot take. I don't know if it's a hot take. I think the Chiefs are going to sign wide receiver two, playmaker three. And they're going to get and the Chiefs fans going to react like this excitement when it happens. And then the minute they don't put up big numbers, everyone's going to compare that player to Sammy Watkins. I think we need to understand what wide receiver two is in this Chiefs offense. It's like a 750 to 900 yard guy who gobbles up the middle of the field and creates opportunities for deep plays for Tyree kill and. Creates opportunities for Travis Kelsey to make more one on one matchups. They this is not they're not adding another 1,200 yard guy in this offense. They're not going to have three 1,200 yard receivers. That just that I don't see that happening in the Chiefs offense. So what I expect is going to happen this off season, the Chiefs are going to sign a wide receiver. It's going to be met with happiness on March whatever, and then on September whatever, when that guy's had two fine games and done his job, done his role, but isn't pacing for 1,250 and 10. Chiefs fans are going to say, well, just another Sammy Watkins. Carrington tweeted this the other day, and he's 100% correct. Sammy Watkins has become the new Alex Smith. We just compare every receiver to Sammy Watkins. All of them are now Sammy Watkins. The same way any middling quarterback was Alex Smith, now every wide receiver is Sammy Watkins. 913-576-7610, J-Southland, Toser's text line. Someone texts and says, we don't want Juju. That TikTok crap will distract our team. That's another point of Juju. That's why I think Juju's such a fascinating character is because it's pretty clear that he doesn't love football, He's just good at it because he loves TikTok. And I believe it was around the draft. Maybe it was when he first, or maybe it was when he was at USC. I forget what the timeline was, but there was a report that he enjoys playing. He's more focused on his Call of Duty or for, maybe was it was Fortnite. It was either Fortnite or Call of Duty. I'm butchering this story bad. It was, he was more focused on that than playing football at USC. And now we know about the TikToks and the dancing on the midfield and the whole deal. I just think that's kind of how athletes are in 2022. I know it's a distraction. I know fans are going to hate it. I just think he does it at a different level. That's why I'm really interested in what his market is. I'll get back to my Chiefs whistle in a minute, but Jay Southland toes for his text line. I think this team needs a legit right tackle. Why? What? Lale Collins or Trent Brown need to be in a Chiefs jersey. What, what game was I watching last season where I'm the only one that doesn't think right tackle is a concern? Yes, that's the weakest part of the Chiefs' offensive line, but that's because they have the best center, a really good left tackle, a stable and great left guard, and a phenom right guard. Their Their offensive line is just really good. And Lucas Niang is also good. He's just not exceptional. You don't need to upgrade from good to exceptional, especially when you're getting good production from a guy in a rookie contract. So no, pass. No right tackle is needed. Back to my Chiefs' wish list. Three more names for you. Corner Bryce Callahan, you'll guys know him from the division. He was with the Denver Broncos. The Chiefs are going to need corner this offseason because guess what? They're not going to sign Traverius Ward, and I'm going to be sad. Traverius Ward's going to get four for 64 somewhere. Call him a shot. He's going to get 16 mil per year. That's what Sam Munson of Pro Football Focus told us on Friday on the drive. So the Chiefs don't need to be matching Traverius Ward's four for 64. You're going to need to get a corner. Bryce Callahan's a good nickel corner. You can also replace Tyron Matthew with him in the slot if you add him. There's injury concern, but if you can get him on a cheap two-year deal plus a Brett Veach special where they trade for a former first-round pick, that's fine at corner. Bryce Callahan's my name. Also, I'd love them to draft the local kid, Mario Goodrich. Again, Clemson. I might be quietly a Clemson fan. I'm actually not, but basically the amount of players I want them to add all went to Clemson, maybe I am. I also think the Chiefs need to add a defensive tackle this offseason, which is an unpopular opinion because everyone apparently wants right tackle. But I think defensive tackle is a need. Chris Jones is awesome. His win rate is fantastic. And I know that he didn't get the sacks required in that first Bengals game, but he was wrecking havoc. If you can add a guy next to him, which was what Jaron Reed was sold as, but if you can add a guy next to him to gobble up defenders and be be a run stuffer, I think this pass rush opens up. That's what Jaron Reed was sold to us last season as that's not what Jaron Reed actually was. So go get a defensive tackle. And then final thing, Jabril Peppers is my guy. Bring in Jabril Peppers. He was fine last season for the Giants. He can play that deep safety. He can play that in the box safety. He's going to be relatively cheap, because I don't think he's ever produced to the level that people think he should have, because he was great at Michigan, has never been that in the NFL, and you're going to have to replace Tyron Matthew, because I don't believe Tyron Matthew is going to be a Chief at this time next week. I think Tyron Matthew probably gets a contract tomorrow or Tuesday. I think he's one of the first names off the board, and I don't think it's with the Chiefs. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe I'll look around Twitter, and they'll say, well, they brought him back, but I don't see them bringing him back. Speaking of the Chiefs, I don't know if this is breaking news. This is just kind of regular news from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. There's an expectation around the league that Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark is going to be traded, released, or his contract is going to be reworked. He has a $26.3 million cap hit. Tough sell for Kansas City. Keep an eye on the Niners as a potential s- suitor. If the Chiefs can trade Frank Clark, party on Wayne, but I think we all kind of knew that was coming. This is Sundays with Rob. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk about Jarvis Landry, who for like five minutes was considered on the trade market. And Amari Cooper has a new home. It's an AFC team. We'll talk about that. And Deshaun Watson, I will talk about the player, not the person. What could he be doing next? That's next on Sundays with Rob. You're
0: listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this.
1: Sunday I'm your host Rob Brenton filling in for Jay Binkley when I fill in it's called Sundays with Rob you can hear me every weekday two to six producer the drive with Carrington Harrison here on 610 sports radio you can also catch my podcast the nutmeg podcast released every other Thursday where I break down all things sporting KC and really all things soccer U.S. men's national team qualifiers coming up big ones Grant if they don't make the World Cup, we're going to have an emergency pod where I chug beers and cry. No Weston McKinney either. Yeah. Oh, I know. Trust me. I'm aware of the sadness. And Christian Pulisic, I don't believe, was in the 18 today for Chelsea because of an illness. Dislike. Don't like that. Nick Schwartz will rejoin the show at 11.30. We'll talk college hoops. I have a very hot conference tournament take. I'm going to get off. I'm going to ask him about it. Also ask about him about brackets and why college basketball is seemingly less popular now than it was 10 years ago, and I don't seem to understand why. But first, we'll talk a little NFL football here. We'll talk a little Bobby Witt later in the show. I have a a blind resume for Royals fans. If Bobby Witt Jr. did this, would they be happy. I have a hunch they're not going to like my blind resume because they like to believe Bobby Witt's the golden child, and he can be. Maybe my blind resume is insulting the man. We'll talk about that later in the show. But first, a little NFL news and notes is tomorrow is the beginning of the legal tampering period. We've seen a lot of trades, including yesterday. One AFC team just acquired Mari Cooper. Ian Rappaport from NFL Network with the latest.
2: Cleveland Browns, who have been looking to remake their wide receiver room, have now done it in a very, very big way. Sources say that the Cleveland Browns are in agreement with the Dallas Cowboys on a trade for Amari Cooper, the four-time Pro Bowler, one of the best receivers in the NFL, one of the highest paid receivers in the NFL. He has been a top target for the Browns really for the last several weeks. And ever since it became clear that the Dallas Cowboys were willing to move on from Amari Cooper, they hoped in a trade, but potentially a release. There were several teams in the mix. The New York Jets were were one. Uh, There were a couple others. The Jacksonville Jaguars were one. There were some Team snipping around. It just wasn't clear that anyone else was willing to pay Amari Cooper's salary and give up draft pick compensation. In the end, that's exactly what the Cleveland Browns did for the price of a fifth rounder, and then the two sides swapped six rounders. In the end, the deal is now done and agreed to. Amari Cooper going to be a member of the Cleveland Browns.
1: This makes no sense to me. What are the Browns doing? Do the Browns believe they're better than they are? Like, Baker Mayfield has his flaws, and he played a lot of last season hurt. I don't know if he deserves respect or confusion for that because it's clear he wasn't at 100%, and the Browns' offense was awful last year because their regression was hard and fast. But we just saw Baker Mayfield with a great wide receiver not get the most out of the wide receiver. We all saw that. Did the Browns' GM not see that? So they went and they added... Amari Cooper to the fold. Now, Amari Cooper's not as voiceless, much as a I don't want to say prima donna, because I think OBJ is unfairly called a prima donna sometimes, but he has prima donna vibes. I don't think Amari Cooper's that guy. I know Dallas looking to get his contract off the books, but Cleveland adding that contract with that quarterback just puzzles me to no end. I truly do not understand what the Browns are doing. Unless there are rumors and it's rumor season, it's NFL silly season. So we're going to talk about rumors because rumors are the best. There are rumors in silly season talk that Deshaun Watson could be a target of the Cleveland Browns to add in. Jarvis Landry is reworking his contract. There was talk he could get traded, but it looks like he's going to rework his contract and stay in Cleveland. They added Amari Cooper. They have cap room. They have draft assets. There are rumors and speculation, at least on social media, that Deshaun Watson could be a Brown. That would make sense to me if they do this Amari Cooper move, and that's the next move they make. But as it currently sits, the Amari Cooper move makes no sense to me. None. Zero, zip, zilch, nada. But, you know, the Browns are going to eat up cap space on, try to surround their Alex Smithian quarterback with super weapons and the toughest vision in football, more power to them. The Chiefs were never going to be in on Amari Cooper. I know some Chiefs fans want Amari Cooper, but his contract was just not palatable as far as trade. And since that was the path of, Cowboys are going to take and not outright cut. I don't know the Chiefs had any chance on Amari Cooper. Speaking of Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson, Ian Rappaport was also on NFL Network, and he says there's a lot of buzz, a lot of heat, a lot of interested parties for Deshaun Watson now that he has his legal troubles behind him. Teams are
2: waiting to try to trade for him, and they have been several, several teams. The, the market is going to be uh, very active for Deshaun Watson. So many of these teams have been waiting for his legal matters To conclude, they're waiting for the answer that came today from the grand jury. Was he going to be charged? Was he not going to be charged? Was criminal matters going to stay open or closed? Now that they are closed, expect a very, very strong market for Deshaun Watson, who becomes the top player available across the NFL. And you're going to have several teams vying for his services, including the Carolina Panthers, who have been wanting Deshaun Watson for basically a year, uh, they are now expected to be aggressive in pursuit of them, potentially the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously lost Tom Brady to retirement. They're expected to be in the mix. Could Seattle be in the mix? Could Philly be in the mix? Could a surprise team also kind of be lurking and waiting? Uh, basically anyone who has a quarterback, not a top ten guy, will probably be interested in some level for Deshaun Watson. It's going to be active. He has a no trade cost, so he is in control some here as well. Expect this to be a a very frantic
1: five or so days. Now, we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson, the player, because despite his legal trouble being behind him, Deshaun Watson, the person I have some thoughts on, but we're not going to talk about that because we're going to have the football. We're not going to talk about the the other stuff. We're not going to talk about the masseuses and the whole deal. We're going to talk about the football player. He would be the best quarterback traded in a long time, and his – ability on the field when he's on the field is fantastic he dragged bill o'brien to the playoffs like he's an exceptional quarterback when healthy and went on the field he's great and a trade for him could reshape either conference because like i mentioned the mystery team could be the browns if he goes to the browns suddenly Chiefs fancy and look at the browns differently they're a real threat in the afc they have deshaun watson if he goes to the eagles the eagles are probably the second best team in the nfc right right then the minute they get him, the NFC looks a whole lot tougher now with Deshaun Watson in it. Ian Rapport and that Cutman Janine team without a not a not top 10 quarterback will probably be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Miami would suddenly look a lot different. I know they say they're not in on Deshaun Watson, but it's lying season two. They would suddenly be a threat to the Chiefs in the AFC if they had Deshaun Watson. The Minnesota Vikings suddenly... Aaron Rodgers' division doesn't look as soft, cushy, and easy wins if Deshaun Watson is a Viking. Changes the complexion of the NFC. Deshaun Watson, the player, can really change the NFL when he when and if he gets traded. If and when, excuse me. He gets traded. I think Deshaun Watson, the person, is going to end up suspended for two to four games. Kind of Ben Roethlisberger-y in his suspension. But Deshaun Watson in the next five days is going to get traded, I think, and it's going to reshape the entire NFL. Which could be good news for Chiefs fans because if he's out of the AFC, party on, it means one less threat in the AFC. If he stays in the AFC, it's probably on a team that has a lot of talent and has meddling quarterback play, and him at quarterback changes the dynamics of that team. We saw that happen literally already with the Broncos. The Broncos were bad. Meddling would be polite. They've added Russell Wilson. They're now a threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. If that same thing happens with Deshaun Watson, the path gets a lot tougher for the Chiefs. Speaking of the Chiefs, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN tweeted out earlier today that the Chiefs are looking to trade, restructure, or cut Frank Clark. Now, I don't need the breaking news sounder because this is kind of like water is wet. We all knew this was happening. But he remains on the roster right now, and if they were looking just to get out of cap hell with him, I think they would have cut him the same day they cut Hitchens. So I'm... Interested in what the Chiefs are trying to do here. If you can trade him, incredible. If you can get an asset back for him, awesome. But the fact that he's still on the roster and Jeremy Fowler says there's a chance they restructure his deal makes me think there's a chance Frank Clark remains on the team. And my question to you, Jay Southland, Toast Service, text line 913-576-7610, is if the Chiefs restructure Frank Clark's deal, would Chiefs fans be happy that? With that, excuse me. Or are they just tired of Frank Clark and it's time for Frank Clark to go? Is it a situation where it's like, he just hasn't done it for us. We want to move on from him. Because I could see a situation where the Chiefs who are desperate for pass rush and basically have no viable pass rush at end on the roster right now, other than Frank Clark, who's not going to stay on the roster of that number. I could see a situation where they restructure him. And if they restructure Frank Clark and bring him back, I don't think it's the worst deal in the world, depending on what the restructure looks like, considering how cap strapped they are. And they could rework his contract. Obviously, goal one is to trade him because of his cap hit, but would you be happy if he stayed on the roster? I don't think it would be a bad thing if Frank Clark came back on a restructured cheap deal for one more year. And then you sign a Melvin Ingram and you draft a player and you can rework the pass rush a little bit with new some new names, some new faces, but mostly you know, fresh money. Jay Stalfant into Textline, 913-576-7610. I think they restructure it may make him think he has more to prove and get more out of him. Perhaps you basically restructure and get make it a one year deal. I don't really think there's a lot of bad one year deals in sports. I mean, Jaron Reed was bad last year, but it was a one-year deal. I don't think it was a bad contract for the Chiefs. Someone says whatever frees up more cap space. I'm just curious how people think about the player. Because I remember in Kansas City, Kansas City's tone on Frank Clark did a 180. I remember when it was, oh, he's getting double teamed all the time. Oh, he's the shark. He won the Super Bowl with us. And then Therese Paler, RIP, I remember he was on the drive and he said, I, it wouldn't shock me if he won defensive player of the year in 2020. And then he was not good in 2020 and he was not great last season. And now he's carrying a huge cap number and Chiefs fans seem to have pivoted on their thoughts on Frank Clark. I would be okay with a restructure for a one year, one more year of Frank Clark. I don't know why his agent would do that, but I could, I would be okay with that as a Chiefs fan. They are just strapped for pass rush. And if they can get cheap pass rush and get something out of Frank Clark and improve, and he's healthy this year and his mental is better because I know he was focused on some legal issues last year, then I wouldn't hate a one-year deal, essentially, with the cap, cap move. But I also understand that Chiefs fans could have soured on him to the point where they're not happy if he comes back. I'm interested to see what happens with Frank Clark. I do think it's odd that they haven't cut him yet because I do think if they were just looking to save cap space, they would have cut him the same day they cut Hitchens. They would have designated post-June one to save more money and moved on. They didn't do that. They're either trying to get something out of him on the field or get something out of him in the trade market. Let's see how that all shakes out. All right, later in the show, eleven thirty. By the way, there's three hours of this show. By the way, today fired up for that on daylight savings time. What a Sunday! Well, eleven thirty. We'll be rejoined by Nick Schwartz, host of the Wave in the Wheat podcast, producer of Cody and Gold. Co-host, one of the hosts of Jayhawk Talk Radio here on 610 Sports Radio. We'll talk brackets. We'll talk college basketball. It's Selection Sunday. We'll do all that. But when we come back, we'll talk a little, little bit of Royals baseball, which is back. Baseball is a thing again in 2022. The owners tried it for it not to be, but guess what? They lose. We'll talk about that next here on Sundays with Rob.
0: You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610
1: Sports Radio. Welcome back to Pink Sunday. I am Rob Brenton, filling in for Jay Binkley today. When I fill in for Jay Binkley, this show is called Sundays with Rob. You guys get three hours of Sunday with Rob today. All dozen of you out out out. Looking out the window here. First off, it's a gorgeous day. Spring has finally sprung. That snow is going to melt away. I'm pretty excited about it. But looking outside, there's uh, no traffic. No people. So thank you for listening if you're one of the few you get three hours of Sunday with Rob pour yourself a cup of coffee, you're probably tired because daylight savings time have a, have a bonus cup get through the day you know what, sit on your patio, turn me on enjoy this nice weather and a cup of Joe that's what Sundays with Rob was made for it's like a slam poetry vibe, which is 100% not my vibe but you know what, it's that kind of day out Grant Nicholson producing today. Grant has his flu game today for, like, Jordan. That's unfair. This is a bigger deal than Jordan's flu game. Grant fighting through. He usually stands for all three hours of the show. He's sitting. He's, not, he's struggling. And it's the real flu, people. It's not the Bruce Levers gonley party deep into the night flu. He's promised me that. You weren't at Power and Light last night, were you? No, not last night. Not last night? Oh, were you no. out there for the Cats on Wednesday? No. I've been out there before. Oh, but not the last light, night. The power light, period. I hey. didn't, you know, I didn't really party after Bruce left. I think it was more of a it was more somber than I had anticipated. Really? I yeah. guess he, he was he was good for K-State. We talked about his last yeah, and the I was show. there for four years. We had yeah. two of the best years when I was in school. What you were there for one, Which big total title were you there for? Uh the second one. Ah, the Barry Brown Dean Wade one. Yeah. Dean Wade, NBA starter. A lot of people don't talk about that. Does he start for the Cavs? Yes, he does. That's a product of injury, but that doesn't, doesn't matter oh, how it Jared happens. Jared Allen's out? Yeah. Because now the Cavs would decide. The Cavs are like the tallest team on earth. I could do the next hour on the Cavs. I'm a Cavs fan. They're like the tallest team on earth. Even with Jared Allen hurt, they have Laurie Markkinen, who's a giant. Dean Wade's tall. They're just big. Dean Wade had that huge dunk like a week ago mm-hmm. or so, and that's everybody on social media was talking about it. He ended the game with two points. Mm-hmm. He had the dunk. That was that was his bucket. By the way, I misspoke earlier. I said Christian Pulisic not in the 18 today. He was in the 18 for Chelsea today, so everyone can rest easy. He was in the 18. He then came in as a wing back. so he's... Whew, more good news on this show. Chelsea did win. We're not going to talk about Chelsea because that dips our toe into a political pool. We're not going to do that. Even though me and Grant have some thoughts on the ownership. We're not going to talk about that. I we're going to talk roles baseball, but I managed to clock. We'll do that at the top of the next hour. But real quick, I have a quick like two minute thought because a great week I mentioned the sun is out. I mentioned it's going to be a nice big 12 tournaments, a big party in Kansas city, the NCAA tournament's a big party. A lot of people take Thursday off work to go watch the NCAA tournament, but you know what Thursday also is Grant. I don't know. St. Patrick's day. Do you know what St. Patrick's day is a terrible day? It's a terrible day to go to the bars. Every amateur hour holiday really upsets me. I hate new year's Eve. I hate St. Patrick's day. Basically anytime people are like they're required to go party that don't usually go out and party. They end up in a bar and they usually make a fool of themselves. They usually get sloppy drunk and I'm I'm not down for those days. They have too much green beer. They think they're 19 again. Excuse me, 21 again, because drinking before you're 21 is akin to gambling out in the state of Kansas or Missouri. It's a nightmare. Should be sent to prison forever. They think they're 19 again, they get their seven green beers in them, and they are sloppy drunk. Now, I do not like interacting with these people when I'm trying to have a few a few pops and watch the first round of the NCAA tournament. So I love the NCAA tournament. I love the first round. I love the first day of games. I love the upsets. I usually leave this radio show, this radio station at 6 o'clock, plop down at a bar and watch the late slate on Thursday. You know what I won't be doing this week, this year? That, out on St. Patrick's Day at 6. Every person who thinks they can drink and can't is going to be sloppy by 6.05 going to be crowded. I don't want to deal with it. Jay Southland Toaster's text line 913-576-7610. Rob is so, so right. You know what? Good text. I don't hear it nearly enough. All the drinking holidays suck ass. Great point. I don't like St. Patrick's Day. I really hate New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is the worst because it's freezing cold and for some reason people feel obligated to dress up. I don't want to go out to the bars when people are in suits. Stay away from me. That's so I stay in on New Year's Eve. And I'll be staying in on St. Patrick's Day. And on the 18th, when you people who can't hold your liquor are hungover, I'll be at the bars watching the NCAA tournament because that's what that's what the Thursday should be, a celebration of basketball. But you guys are going to ruin it with your St. Patrick's Day. Only good thing about St. Patrick's Day, Guinness is an elite beer, and I love drinking Guinness. It's my morning beer. Right up, the, up at the Belfry, watch a little Chels, which I would have been this morning if I didn't have to do this job. Have a couple pints. It's a great time. All right, I've teased this Royals comment for this Royals segment for a long, long time. You guys are finally going to get it. At the top of the hour, we'll talk a little Royals baseball. We'll talk about the Wonder Kid, Bobby Witt Jr., and Nick Schwartz will rejoin the show at 1130. We'll talk a little college hoop as it's Selection Sunday. That's next on Sundays with Rob. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.